0: Hi, and welcome to episode four of the Connext podcast. I'm Lacey Trayball, and I'm here with Nahir Patel, and today we're speaking with Jan van Bruen, the VP of Engineering at RTI. Jan brings over 20 years of experience in technical and customer-facing roles to lead RTI's world-class product development and research teams. Some of Jan's current projects include setting these teams up for success through an immense growth period at RTI, while maintaining a culture of collaboration and innovation.
1: So
2: Jan, can you tell us a little bit about what it's like to lead that kind of team? I'm very honored to have the team that we have. I think we have, a, over the years, I mean, this is this is something that took quite a while to build and and to the credit to to the team, to everybody in the team. So this is not like... You know, we we have this magic formula, but there's a lot of little things that we we did to make the team work efficiently together. Um, but maybe I'll first start how the team is organized because that that sure. um, some of the things are we've, we've done deliberately. So we have our team here in, in Sunnyvale. Maybe 50% or so is, is is of the engineering team is here, um, including also a lot of the build systems and the lab, etc. So um, there's a lot of stuff being done here. About Six, seven years ago, I believe, um, RGI decided to actually uh, grow a team in Spain. Uh, we're in the south of Spain in Granada, um, and we started with, with four or five people. Uh, we brought them here to the U.S. They were here for, I think, six, month, six, yeah, six months or so. Um, and then uh, they went there and actually created their own small startup in a way. They built a team over there. Um, and then we have a number of people that are remote um, uh, throughout the U.S. Most of them actually started in headquarters and for whatever reason then moved moved across the country. Um, so I think it all started primarily here and I think that's important so that people can kind of like see how things are done here. We don't want to have uh, a U.S. culture, different from a European culture, from a remote culture. So um, so so that's our team right now. The team in Spain is about 25 people. Um, I think we have I haven't counted here, but maybe 30 people or so here in headquarters, and then a number of people remotely. Um, now, how we get it all work together, hang together, um, we, we've done some, some things a little bit different than I think what you normally would expect. For example, we've not set up the Spain team as an outsource team or like it's responsible for one particular task or one particular product. Um, we set it up as an extension of the team over here. Right, so you have people here in the core team and people there in the core team. Right? Now, that is harder because now you have like a team that is nine, time, time, nine hours in, in, in time difference away. Uh, but it also has a lot of benefits in that the team over there is never blocked necessarily. There's people there that know core, and know platforms, that know all the different functions, support, they can go and, 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 and figure things out there. Um, so as well as right now you kind of hire where you find the best people, and you, you and, and you can kind of say, "Look, we found great people there to work on tools, and they're going to work in Spain on tools, and we have great people here in tools. We do that here as well, so you're not really uh that 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 isolated so um, so that's how some of the things we've done it is harder, but it seems to work quite well for us cool
1: and and you said something interesting right you said you don't want to have a culture that's you know u s based versus the culture that's european based." um you know you want these teams kind of thinking similar but you know there seems to be a balance that i've noticed in in the company where people are still free to be themselves and and have their own personalities and and yet they are able to mesh very well can you can you talk about
2: how you're able to make that balance well well first of all i want to say it's not like it has to be a bland Culture, right? (laughs) You'll see that what they do in Spain, they have their own unique characteristics there from here. They they have their own celebrations different from here. So so everybody can still be 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 their own. But but I think we have very much and it's not just an engineering team. I think it's overall the way the company is. there's a lot of respect among for, for for everybody in the company, right? So if somebody has a good idea, let them voice it and defend it themselves, and it, it, that speaks more for it. So, so I think we see that in our group as well. We're a very flat organization as well. Like sometimes I, new hires will come and say, "Well, if I want to talk to somebody in services, should I first let you know and then you go and talk to the manager?" None, none of that. <laughs> it, at RTI is like go and talk directly to the person yeah. uh, and 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 figure it out, right? So. Um, I think that that is the overall culture in the company a little bit. So.
1: No, and I've definitely noticed that. Right as I'm as I'm <laughs> ramping up over the past several months since I joined. But here's
0: been here for four and a half months.
1: Four and a half, yeah, yeah and counting. Um, I, you know, I'm able to go talk to the research guys. I'm able to go talk to engineers. I'm able to go talk to our executive staff. I've I've had several conversations with Jan. I've conversations with Edwin and and my boss David, and everyone is is so happy to give me the time of day it just it just really works well and and i think that goes to what you're saying right it's the company culture but you know as we're growing i think we're going to see engineering growing quite rapidly right yeah have you thought about how you're going to maintain or or
2: what the culture might look like well um a couple of things come to mind to that first of all i for me it's very important that we are very open in the team uh, i don't want to create, create like separate groups or very special silos, silos, right? So you'll see a lot of things that that we've set up is very transparent. All the meeting minutes that we have in the engineering team, anybody can go and look at them anytime.
0: Anyone in the company.
2: Anybody in the company, (laughs) uh, we, you know we, uh, I have the thing is like, I have nothing to hide in, in our group. Uh, and and if, if if there is something that doesn 't look very pretty uh, well then it's better that we talk about it <laughs> um, and that we can do something about it right so so it 's something that I definitely want to uh, uh maintain um, now, as far as how we can preserve some of 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 what we have as a smaller company and as we 're hiring um, one of the things that we actually we just recently did this um I, I do think that the culture comes from, from everybody in the team, right? So we want to promote people from within the team um, to, to manage the group for, and and, different, uh, and take on um, reports, et cetera. So they are the best way of continuing the culture uh, as new, new people come on board. And I also don't want to have just pure people managers. So you'll see that, that all of a sudden I, we had five new engineering managers, uh, and, and those people have maybe a few reports so that they can still be an engineer at the same time. Right? So, and that is something that you can look at, well all of a sudden an, an engineering managers meeting is a lot of people. But we kind of did it also again deliberately because I think the best way is stay technical, stay as an engineer, hands on uh, in, in, in the product, and then provide that, that culture and, and the way of doing things to the next generation, the next hires.
0: I think it right. also benefits them because when you promote engineers into roles like that, they're not just able then to, you know, provide management help to the person's career, they're able to provide technical mentorship exactly. and guidance that is rooted in this is how things are actually done here. Right. And I also think as I know some of the people that you promoted into these roles, I mean they're some of the most respected technical staff we have. Right. Like any young engineer would be incredibly lucky to land a manager like that. Yeah. So yeah. I think when you put your best people forward, it also helps keep the very low turnover rate we have here, because people feel taken care of and valued.
2: Knock on wood, because yeah. yes. <laughs> I know it's very competitive <laughs> yeah. in the valley, but we're pretty good. Pretty good at that. Um, and now somebody wants to try out managing, um, and if it doesn't, if they after a while say, "Hey, managing is hard. I don't want to do that." That's fine, right? I, I don't have a problem. We don't want to make our uh, or, or best engineers or worst managers. Uh, so we, we, we try sometimes experiments and adjust uh, based on that. So. And
1: sometimes you need that, right, to really figure out who you are as a person or what your interests are. You have to try stuff that, you know, are outside your comfort zone and really allows folks to, to find that intrinsic motivator that's, that's more than just a paycheck, right? It's really what drives you to, to build, right. uh, build a, a world-class product like Connects DDS.
0: Definitely. So you mentioned a little bit we talked about scaling the team and the team growing, which, you know, implies we are hiring. We are. if people want to go check out um, what positions are open, it's rti.com backslash careers, correct? Correct. And um, but so tell us a little bit about the types of people you're looking for in engineering specifically, like what types of roles and then also just what kinds of people do you think would be really successful on these teams?
2: So uh, right now we we're we're hiring in many different areas. um, Just to and we we've kind of like categorized them in 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 a few kind of like profiles. But I think as a general rule, we're looking for passionate and talented engineers, people that like to build things and like to figure out things. And even if you sometimes you look at a job description, it says you should know C. If you don't know C, but you know. Python programming, or you, you probably can learn C, right? So um, I, we're looking for more the, the type of person rather than the, the specific check boxes that somebody has. Uh, but we're we, a lot of our software is written in C and C++, so definitely a lot of the work will be in that. Uh, but we also are looking for people that are great at building tools in Java uh, or even other technologies. Um, so uh, and and thirdly, uh, we're looking for security engineers. Um, we have a great set of uh, products uh, around security. Uh, we have something very unique to that. I'm sure that Nihir uh, here can fill yeah, you in. As the PM, PM for that. security, I am ecstatic to see that we're growing that part of the team. Right. So, so we're looking also for for security engineers. Um, we'll be uh, also looking for uh, some project management help and some technical writing. So, so those are kind of like the the big the big buckets of. of People that we're looking for, both here in Sunnyvale as well as in in in, uh, in Granada in Spain. So, good. It's so like it looks like you're you're
1: considering all of the needs of the company. I mean, technical publications is is huge. It's easy to to sideline, but something as small as that can make the world of difference for our customers who are trying to to pick up and learn our products. What are some of the things that you have implemented, maybe process or tools that? You know, the the engineers, or research engineers, are really, you know, leveraging to stay connected with their Spanish counterparts, with uh, any folks who work from home or remote uh, offices.
2: Within RTI, we use a lot of the, the Google apps for business products. Uh, and one of the things that the engineering team likes a lot is we installed a number of Chromeboxes um, in, in I different... I love Chromeboxes. Yeah. And they help us, I mean, we, we know there are some, sometimes... Google Hangouts give it some a little bit of a uh, for some people a little bit of a hiccup, but in general the the benefits are way better, uh, and we we'll deal with some of the the problems there. Uh, and I uh, so, but we use a lot of um, uh, video conferencing. Uh, being able to see somebody and see how they react is is crucial. Even if you don't, let's say you don't use Google, but you use Skype, you use, turn on the camera. That's that's the 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 the, the critical part there. Um, so we're lucky in the sense that that. Uh, I think in in Spain, people the hours that people work are, are typically more. There's a there's at least a few hours of overlap with with uh, 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 headquarters here. And over the last few years, we engineers here in headquarters started to coming earlier and earlier to work. It used to be very common in the valley here, 10 o'clock when the engineer comes to work, 11 o'clock. Little by little, people, you know, you, you, we started meetings starting at 9 a.m. Now 8:30, 8. So and, and and one of the things that we allow people to do here is like, hey. Dial in from home. You know, make sure that you work together with with the folks that are in Spain, uh, but you don't have to be. You know, don't come into in, in in traffic to to the office and and get stressed about that. Dial in from home, and then come drive when when it's a little bit uh, uh, when traffic is is a little bit better. So. Um, other things that we we've done, um, we we use a lot of the Atlassian tool uh, set um, to build our software. Uh, we have Jira, we have Bamboo for continuous integration. A lot of and one of the things that they also have is a HipChat as a group chat uh, application, which uh, we started adapting. Yeah. Other people may be familiar with Slack; it's one or the other. Uh, we, we we just picked HipChat and and we did a few uh, interesting things with that. Like we 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 enforced if you wanted to be part of HipChat, you need to kind of um, joined the good morning group, which was you come in, in the morning and you say, what are you going to be working on? It's, it's, it's almost like you walk into uh, the office here and, and I run into you and it's like, hey, what are you doing today? What's going on? Right. So uh, that was kind of a little trick that we did so that people, when they started their day, good morning, today I'm going to be implementing this feature. And at least people were connected. They kind of like, hey, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more. Right. So, you know what I love about
1: the, the good morning uh, chat group is that you know, you have this concept of agile programming, this methodology where you have these 15-minute scrums, and you're expected to be able to give a status and, and tell tell everyone what your problems are and challenges. You this is like this is like agile in the morning, but you're not even spending more <laughs> than you know 30 seconds to just let people know what you're working on. Everyone can take a look, and you know they can see if you you have a problem, then they can walk over or they can give you a call and help you out. And I, I think that's really awesome, uh, kind of analogy or extension yeah. to, to agile programming, but, but even to another level, like to the next level. So. You
0: also don't run into that weird thing that I'm a remote employee, so I know this happens. If I don't check in with my team, they don't know what I'm doing, right? right? So, I mean, every day, the marketing team, we also, we use Hangouts, we don't use HipChat, but we say what we're doing and just getting in the practice of communicating, like today, I'm editing podcasts and working on blogs and white papers or whatnot it lets everyone on your team or in HipChat, everyone on even the extended teams, because other teams are on there too, know who's not only just doing what on a given day, but who knows about what. Like exactly. when we have a question, you're wondering who that subject matter expert is, or if the person who usually is the SME is not in the office, you're like, who else would know about this? You know, To the transparency thing you brought up earlier, HipChat is archived and it's, yep. you can search through it and you can find all these things. So announcing something as simple as You're working on documentation today, makes me know that if our documentation person's out, maybe they
2: know about it. Right. And it's very much like part of our technology around publish, subscribe. HipChat is exactly (laughs) like that. You publish something, and people can subscribe in your room, and and it um, comes full full circle. circle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. But we have some pretty cool, I mean, it's, we also have the technical groups where people talk about the, the, you know, how to, you know, there's a room about building, there's a room about Connext, uh, DDS, one about micro and all of these things. But we also started, you know, doing some little things that made us kind of see how the group works. Like we have a, what are you listening to room? Uh, where people post what music that are actually while they're working. And I found out there's a lot of people that love some serious metal at the company. Yeah. Um, so, And then people start, hey, did you know about this band, et cetera, uh, or there's a room like, what are you reading? And people are like, hey, I'm reading this book. and uh, So there's a little bit, we have a virtual kitchen um so it's kind of like i'd you, be in that one I, I gotta look there. that one up yeah <laughs> well it's more like you, you the virtual kitchen it, it's not about food necessarily it's more like you run let's say you run, run into the kitchen and 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 you just you know, a little oh, bit of chit chat like in the kitchen cooler chatting. Yeah, it's water okay, cool. that's awesome yeah. so and yeah some of that is is pretty cool there uh so so we do some of those things. I know there's a stand-up robot, for example, for, that we use that that, that that you could use. We haven't adopted that. We're kind of like you know playing with it and see, see what sticks. Right. That's so that's cool. And if it doesn't work, we'll we'll switch over to something different. We're you know we're not. This is the processor. This you shall use. That it should serve what you're doing. And um, so so for these things, people from time to time, I ask like, hey, what if we get rid of the good morning room and let just everybody just interface with whoever they need to, and you hear like, no, no I, would, I love this thing, uh, let's keep it. Well, so, oh,
0: they like it. Yeah, so. It's cool.
1: So it sounds like a lot of roses and rainbows here at RTI, right? No, no conflicts, no problems. Do we have conflicts at RTI young? Oh, well, we do, we do. Like, well, how do we, how do we deal with these conflicts? What kind of conflicts do we get, and, and how do we deal
2: with them? Well, good question. I mean... How do we deal with them is head on, I would say. <laughs> I disagree. agree. I, I'll tell you a, a little story here. I, I went, I think it was last year or the year before, to a conference. Um, it was all about how to work better as a team, etc. cetera. And um, there was actually uh, a, a presenter, uh, Kim Scott, was talking about a, a project that she was working on around, uh, and the idea around the radical candor. And she launched a book and there's a whole company around it. So for those who are interested, go and, and look a little bit about that. Coincidentally... I was at the conference there was some uh, conflict in the group uh, in the team very publicly people had a, a big argument <laughs> and it was like perfect right so i came back and i'm like hey let me tell you a little bit what i what i picked up and and what to do about it so so and it was a kind of a teaching moment that we really want to be uh, the the radical candor culture where we 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 actually go and you know talk about it try to figure it out uh, but definitely not not be quiet about things um and i think as a whole, in the company, people have really strong opinions and will we'll duke it out. And, and sometimes, yeah, you have to, you know, there's no easy answer sometimes, but you've got to make some decisions around that then. Right.
1: But I'm, I'm seeing some clear consistencies in the culture around transparency, around always trying to be better, trying to grow, whether it's Valuing personal.
0: Valuing people and their yeah. opinions and their insights.
2: I mean, I, I, When I sit down with with new uh, hires in our team, I always I, I, we have this little document it's called the manifesto for the engineering team. It's more like what is important. It's no political statement, but but one of the things we talk about is is around radical candor uh, that try try to actually be uh, engaged in, in the in, in the discussion. Uh, but we also value very much openness and honesty, not just among ourselves but also to our customers. Um, I, I learned this the hard way. Um, I used to be in uh, at one point in the services team and also in, in the support team. And um, I had a, um, I was working with a customer and he would send us some questions on support and we would answer them and he would be really happy with what we, what our support. Um, Saying, oh, we'd love to turn around. There's not just, you know, it was multiple people in the support team answering uh, support questions. Um, but as we were seeing the questions he was asking, he was actually using support to design his system, which is not the right way to go because in support, you typically have only like a, a very limited view into the bigger picture. You get like, how do you do this? Well, you do, you, know, you you know, answer point questions, not the big picture. So he was very happy, but at the end, he was not successful. So, so I'd rather have us be, be more... Almost early on, saying, "Hey, this is not the right way to to build your system. You should actually get and work with our services guys. They can help you architect. Or and 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 in the long run, they will be happy. But for me, it's more important that that that, that the customer is successful uh, along the way. And that means that you know we're very much as a group in support. with everybody in the company, in services, every, like almost honesty and 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 clearly telling how what what they should be doing and what they should not be doing, what the, what the trade-offs are." We're proud as a company that we earn the trust of our customers, and, and that requires us, you know, we're, we're very upfront with things. Uh, we'll tell them if something is wrong in our product. Uh, we, you know, we tell them also if something in the design should be should be changed um, because ultimately for us, we want our customers to succeed, not just happy that, you know, that, that they meet their milestone or something. Longer term, we know that these systems are going to be deployed for a long time, and so we want to make sure that they, that they work properly for them. To the trust point right i mean trust within the
1: company and and trust uh by our customers we actually connect our customers directly with engineers right we actually get them talking to each other so that they can better understand the product maybe not at the architecture level you were talking about with professional services but when they're looking at getting to know parts of the products or or really trying to
2: troubleshoot first of all any engineer that that joins the company uh goes through our support team it's part of our onboarding process that uh, you learn about our product, but also you actually learn how our customers are using the product what kind of questions they run into so um, and that could be from a couple of months to to a year that that some of our engineers depending on on the experience level etc um, that they spend with our customers on support so you will actually uh, uh, you will actually get people that eventually will developing the product uh, be part of the support team um, but it's not just the, the onboarding uh, because many companies do that um, or core architects or core developers or, or tool developers, they're all very closely reading support emails continuously. Um, uh, we have one of the things that, that we also do, for example, every week we have what we call bug court. Um, this is not some sort of a, you know, I don't put on a wig or anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Although but, <laughs> you should. <laughs> but, <Take pictures. laughs> no, but we basically what it is that various product architects support PM is there as well. We sit together and we we kind of look at what are some of the issues that people have run into. Is is our bug process working? Um, But also we want to be very closely connected to what our customers are are encountering. And sometimes we also learn about new use cases that way. Um, I'm also in that meeting. I I, I lead that meeting because for me it feels one of the ways I can stay very closely understanding what our customers are are running into. Um, So through support, uh, whether it is... Uh, new hires to support, whether it's our engineers um, uh, and architects reading support, but also in users group. For example, we bring our uh, our developers in front of our customers and and let them uh, learn and, and work work together with them. Um, so um, you'll see our engineers writing blog posts and explaining the features uh, that they developed directly to the customers.
0: And writing tutorials about those features so that the customers can actually test and implement them. Correct. And answering questions in the community forum that our customers post about their experiences using the product, and then you know you'll get our lead engineers or even our CTO actually going on there and providing those responses. They're very involved.
2: I I read that. People are amazed that that they get the answer from our CTO about particular (laughs) features on the forums. Like, hey, I didn't know that, you know. And so we want to be very closely connected uh, to what our customers are are going through. And I think overall, uh, that's what people value a lot about us because we we make a lot of changes to our product directly in response to what customers are seeing.
0: Yeah, I would say that you guys do more than just simply wanting to be close and responsive. You guys are incredibly close and responsive to the customers.
2: We know our customers are. I mean, we're an engineering company for engineers. Our customers are, are really smart developers uh, in Middlebury teams, etc. So, um, so we, we feel like you know geeky geek-to-geek uh, kind of connection. So, so it sounds like. The culture isn't just a
1: benefit to RTI, right? This culture that you've built within engineering, it's a value add to the customers themselves. I mean, it's, you're really delivering more value to them, maybe not something you'd put a dollar amount on, but certainly something that they can benefit from.
2: True, we see that on support all the time when when both our support engineers or even our developers will will spend the extra time doing some additional performance investigation. We wanna have the bigger picture in mind, help them succeed rather than, hey, if you wanna engage with us, you gotta pay here, you gotta pay there. That doesn't help anybody. So don't tell this to sales. They're probably gonna be upset about (laughs) this. But but in general, I mean, we do the right thing for our customers. Great, thanks, Jan. At this point, shall we kind of
0: take a divergence and go talk about DDS? Right? That wonderful product that your team works so hard on.
1: So, the team builds several products, right? Tools, infrastructure, services, all built around Connects DDS, Pro, Secure, Micro, Insert.
0: So, we ask these two questions of everyone that we interview from RTI. And the first one is what is DDS?
2: All right. Well, let me talk about DDS, what is Connext, and what does RTI do? Kind of like make it a little bigger picture. But okay. first of all, we're a software company. Uh, providing a secure connectivity SDK to the Industrial Internet of Things. Right, that's a big marketing <laughs> sentence, really, but it's, it, it, it has a lot of important pieces into it. Uh, first of all, we focus on the Industrial Internet of Things as opposed to consumer Internet of Things like Nest thermostats and, and those type of devices. That's not what we do. Uh, there's other technology for that that is really good. We're focusing on the big systems, uh, connected hospitals, autonomous vehicles, uh, smart grids. There were, there's a lot of devices, a lot of different applications running, uh, scale and, and reliability and performance all matter. So to that we actually have a, a, an SDK, a suite of, of products. Um, and I typically explain a little bit different from the way we sell them. So we have Connect Pro and, and Security, yes, but I, I kind of explain it that we have three types of products. Uh, we have a set of libraries uh, which we have in small, medium, large. Uh, we have our flagship product, connect DDS, which is a full-featured product uh, with all the bells and whistles, all the features that our customers need. Um, and we have a secure version of that, which is secure DDS. Um, but we also have a small footprint version, Connect Micro, then Connect Cert for safety-critical applications. We even have a LabVIEW toolkit integration, so, so it's kind of a library version, but if you're programming in a visual environment like LabVIEW, Uh, and even Excel. So these are kind of like integrations, libraries uh, of how to share efficient data delivery. And I'll come back to that uh, in a little bit. The second type of products that we have is applications or we call them internally sometimes infrastructure services. Um, These are applications that do very specific things such as um, record and replay. Record everything that goes in your system and then replay it later for testing or for for debugging uh, purposes. Integrating with a database is another type of service we have. It's smartly called Database Integration Service. <laughs> um, but it's basically an application that runs in your distributed system, uh, routing service to create different hierarchies, different segments, but also integrate with legacy protocols. So we have an adapter SDK so you can have one uh, protocol then being um, integrated with the DDS database. Queuing service uh, and web integration service are other examples of these type of products. And then the third category that we have is, is a set of development and management tools. Uh, these are tools that allow you to see what goes on your, in your system. Admin console is an example of that. Um, but we can also visualize, actually, data that goes on in, the, in your system. Monitoring library and monitoring UI. Um, Prototyper, Wireshark, uh, RTPS, uh, Dissector are examples of those, uh, those products. Now, the way we, we bundle them is a little bit different. So we Pro has a bunch of different uh, pieces of the different types of, of products here. But I typically explain because people understand a little bit what these three different categories are. So, so that is what is in the SDK. Um, and then the third thing that I typically explain a little bit is, uh, well, what do they do? <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what, what is the, uh, so special uh, about what our products do? And, and I, would, I put it in a nutshell as we, we focus on efficient data delivery. Uh, and, and especially in, in the environments that I mentioned, these, these, let's say, connected hospital with lots of devices going on, uh, there's, there's quite a bit of things that make up efficient data delivery. So, well, let me give you some examples. Uh, first of all, you need to know um, who is interested in the data that you're sending um, because you don't want to swamp everybody with, with your information. So, um, and who's still around? Uh, applications and devices come and go. So, there's a whole part of our protocol that deals with automatic discovery. Who, who's available, who goes away, are they still around, when do they disappear, all of that, and, and, and keeping that your system going and, and, no, and have that visibility into that. So, so the first part is automatic discovery um, that, that what our software does. Secondly, we're very efficient in the sense we do peer-to-peer communication, right? So there's no central broker that needs to be maintained, no, you know, no point of failure there, so going as direct as possible um, is, is the second part. We don't look at things as one data pipe. Uh, we, we, we actually uh, look at and, and, and enforce a level of quality of service that we provide. So that you think of it as uh, if there is data that has a particular latency budget, you, we actually can can prioritize that. Or if data needs to be sent reliably, we have a, a, our own reliability protocol for that. Um, if you want data that was previously sent, historical data, we can provide that. So taking into account quality of service is the third part that makes up our software. And then a fourth thing that I typically highlight is smart filtering. We are very good at knowing which piece of data do we need to send to which subscriber or which uh, consumer of the data. And there's a lot of smarts that goes into that because it's not just filtering data for one subscriber. You may have to filter it for 100 different subscribers with different filter criteria. So how do you do that without and and still scaling and providing constant performance is very tricky. So we have a lot of work that went into smart filtering and we were pretty good at that. Our software is transport agnostic. We don't require that you have TCP for reliability. We have our own lightweight reliability protocol, uh, but we can run on IP networks, serial networks, InfiniBand, uh, wireless networks, even satellite links uh, to the space station. Security is a big part of our software. Uh, I know I'm talking uh, here to the, <laughs> to the PM for, for our secure product. But, um, um, and then a, a few other things that, that I, I typically highlight is the fact that we're standards-based technology. There's other implement, implementers of the DDS technology. So both the API and, and wire protocol are standard. Um, we, our software provides multiple uh, communication patterns, whether it's PubSub, request reply, or queuing uh, patterns. Um, and then finally, we support a huge Set of platforms.
0: Yes, we do. We, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I,
2: our, our lab here is sometimes a, a little computer history museum um, because we have all kind of old systems, but also brand new machines out there. Yeah, I've seen the spectrum. There's there's quite a few things in there. I mean, we have DEC alphas, even, old machines uh, um, that we actually had to go and buy on eBay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, um, but, but we have all kinds of different, different machines thing. out there, uh, different operating systems, and we support huge number of programming languages as well, scripting languages, uh, programming, because we know our customers use that. So all of that makes up our SDK uh, and makes up what I put under efficient data delivery. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into our software. And, of course, security, sending it, uh, data securely, um, those things make up over half a million lines of code that, that, that are in some of our libraries um, to basically make, make sure that we can send data efficiently. So that would be in my nutshell what we do. Great.
0: You just gave us this great explanation in a very large nutshell about what
2: you know, Connext
0: is and what DDS is. Can you explain DDS to me like I'm five?
2: If I would have to explain to somebody who's five, what RTI does is we make sure that the doctor can treat the patients in the hospital. that that all the, the different uh, thermometers and all the different uh, devices you see in a, in a, in a, in a hospital uh, work together so the doctors can, can cure people. Um, we, we make sure that um, the lights uh, in your house, the, the, the energy, uh, the electric lights that you have in your room, that they actually work uh, and turn on when you need them. Uh, we help make sure that those systems work uh, well. Uh, we make sure that the, the, when, when you drive to, to school, that uh, the, the, the traffic and all the lights and all the, the way uh, the different systems, the different cars talk to each other or, or can work together, that, they, that you get safely to school um, so that those systems work well and there's less accidents on the road, and et cetera. Uh, or when you actually go and, and, and go on vacation to Disneyland and you take an airplane, that those airplanes work well. So that's what I would tell, uh, and you know, forget about that it's software like it. and all of these things. Because at the end, I think that's what people think about. That's what we enable. That's what our customers do. Yep. And that's we, the
0: user experience. That's at the, the user
2: experience, correct. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of things between what we build and what actually is being deployed. What our customers build is, is incredible. Uh, and we have, we have a piece in that. Well, thank okay. you, Jan.
0: I like that explanation. It makes so much more sense to me. <laughs> Maybe it's the engineering brains. That's why we liked it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. I feel like I came away with something. (laughs) And I've been working here for almost six years. (laughs) Did you write it down? Thanks for listening to this episode of the Connects podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions or suggestions for future interviews, please be sure to hit us up over on social media. And you can also reach out to us at podcast at rti.com. Thanks and have a great day.